This is a GRDC podcast. Plant available water is key to determining potential crop yield. It's also the basis for sowing decisions and fertiliser applications. Many things affect how much stored soil water is available. Rainfall before and during the growing season. Infiltration, evaporation and transpiration. And then there's plant available water capacity, which is the total amount of water a soil can store and release to a crop, which will be different depending on the crop. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. Plant available water capacity data has been collected for the past 30 years and from across the nation. And CSIRO research agronomist Brett Cox is one person who's very familiar with the concepts behind plant available water capacity and the different reasons people have for using the data. Yes, so different people have different needs for plant available water. Some guys will use it to um, do a nitrogen budget, for example, so they'll they'll be wanting to manage their fertiliser inputs. Other people will be looking to think about what their yield potential is, so they'll be using stored soil moisture or or an estimate of stored soil moisture to, to... help them to understand what they might be finishing with at the end of the season. Plant available water is, is something that, it, that is soil specific, so it, it changes from soil type to soil type. Uh, it's dependent on a number of things, but subsoil constraints, so things like that we hear about often, salinity, sedicity, uh, it depends on the structure of the soil, how much clay is in the, in the soil matrix, uh, what the uh, soil structure is composed of. So, so is it a healthy soil? Does it have lots of fungi? Does it have lots of soil biota? Um, has it got good organic carbon levels? Is there uh, residual crop cover on the soil? So all of those things that we think about when we think about a good soil uh, are involved in it. But it changes. It's the plant available water capacity is dependent on the type of plant that you're planting and the type of soil that you, you're on. And of course another point you made is that not all soil water is available. That's correct. Water is held quite tightly in the matrix uh, in some cases. So again, it is lower for lighter soils, uh, higher for clay soils, but it's dependent on the robustness of the plant, how long it's in the ground for, how long it's got to develop roots. It's about how that plant explores the soil for moisture. Now, apart from talking about plant available water, you spoke about plant available water capacity. Yes, so there's there's a difference between the two. They sound the same, which um, is probably uh, not the best. Plant available water capacity is is set by the soil type. It's about the total amount of water that a soil can hold and is available to a plant. Whereas plant available water is just a snapshot in time. It's about where you're at now. So you may be have 50% 50% of your soil full, that's 50% PAWC. Uh, it means you're about half half a bucket, basically. We talk in terms of bucket size for, for soil water. Um, yeah, plant available water, just a snapshot where we are today. Whereas plant available water capacity tells you about, as, it's, as the name implies, the capacity of the soil to store water. And what about the crop lower limit? So the crop lower limit is, is one of those things that does move around. The, the uh, drained upper limit, which forms part of plant available water capacity, is, is set by the soil essentially, whereas the, the crop lower limit is set by the crop. So some crops have less ability to extract water than others. So for example, mung beans 
don't extract as much water as cotton at the other end of the scale. So it, it, it does illustrate then that there are differences in terms of crop limit or lower limit between different varieties. There are, very much so. And, and almost it can be within different varieties of the same species. So some varieties of wheat, uh, if they're a quicker variety, won't extract as much soil water as some of the longer season varieties because the duration of the crop is longer, the roots have more time to explore the soil. Plant available water capacity, as I've said, is, is, is set by your soil and is, is constrained by your soil. So the, the drained upper limit, which, which is the field capacity or the wet side, really is dependent mostly on clay content, uh, whereas the lower limit can vary with crops. But we also need to think about things that can constrain the crop in using that moisture. So salinity is, is the obvious example that brings to mind. So high salinity will actually inhibit the plant's ability to, to take up moisture because plants don't like salt, essentially. Um, so whilst you may have a plant-available water capacity that's quite high on the face of it, you need to take into consideration the chemistry. So it might be sodic, it might be saline, there might be some um, alkalinity or, or acidity issues. So the chemistry is very important in determining the PAWC. It's great to have all that information, that understanding, and this has been, been accumulated over many, many years. Um, but can that all be tapped into? Can it all be sourced? There are a number of ways to source this sort of information. Uh, CSIRO, along with uh, other state departments, has developed over the last 30 years quite a large database on PAWC and, and soil information. That's freely available through the AppSoil database, uh, which is... Um, a free download, basically, from uh, the Epsom site. It it's, doesn't encompass all of the soils in Australia. There are about 1,200 different classifications in there, so you will probably find one that's close to you there. The state agencies generally have their own systems for um, storage of soil information. New South Wales has, has one called eSpade, and within Queensland Globe in Queensland, there is another soil information repository. All of those things are freely available and can help you to inform yourself about potentially what your POWC might be. So there is lots of data there. It's been accumulated over many, many years. It's not lost. Sometimes it's just a little bit hard to find. Try and give us a picture for someone listening as to what they're actually looking at if they were to use uh, the website or the app. So uh, the website, basically, the, the database is... A selection of uh, almost drop-down boxes but folders so you can expand from Australia to Queensland or New South Wales and then within that certain districts within that and you can start to um, drill down to somewhere that might be close to where you are. You can then look at, uh, just, just on the screen, characterisations of the soil which will have things like bulk density, it'll have the drained upper limit, the crop A crop lower limit, it may have some chemistry there. That's in the AppSoil database. That's also available in mostly the same format from Google Earth or from um, the Soil Map app. The other, the other ones, they're much the same, but you're looking at databases that, that differ and hold much more detailed information about the provenance of soils and things like that. So it's a little bit harder with Queensland Globe and Eastbade to actually find the information that's relevant to you, but, it, but it's there uh, and, and it's usable. Now, you did say there were 
what, over 1,200 sites or or, um, locations where there is this sort of breakdown of data. But some people are going to look for a site near them and it's not going to be in their own backyard. So what should they do? So that's when you start to think about how you can adjust your uh, knowledge of your soil water by using maybe a characterisation that's close, but you need to think about where you are in the soil landscape. Uh, So uh, most of the cropping areas are broken up into what's called soil landscape units, and soil landscape units are almost transferable. So if you've got a soil landscape labelled X, you may have a soil landscape labelled X 100 kilometres away. They're essentially the same soils derived from very similar parent material and have evolved to to be sim- very similar soils because of their clay contents, etc. So you may be able to find an app soil that's in a similar landscape unit and use that to inform yourself on your soil based on landscape unit and landscape position. The soils change in each landscape unit depending on where they sit in the landscape, whether they're upper slopes or closer to a stream bed. Things like clay content change. So to have some knowledge of where you sit in that landscape, which you can derive from the soil maps, uh, is is very important too. But it it, it can be done and it can give you quite a good estimate uh, of what your POW might be. Uh, I, I think it's important to remember that unless you're doing research, you don't have to be 100% accurate on your POW. If you're perhaps plus or minus 20 millimetres, it's probably not going to change your decision or impact you that much. Um, but you'll be you know, in a pretty good ballpark. While there would be uh, many uh, examples to cover a lot of uh, soil characteristics, are there some soils then that just don't have that sort of um, characteristic that, that you might have at home? And so what do you do? Yeah, that, that, that's a difficult one. So the, the characterisations that, that CSIRO and other agencies have done over the years have concentrated on uh, agricultural soils. And some of the soils that uh, have been developed for agriculture and you know some more successfully than others are, are on the periphery of those areas and may have some difficult soil attributes to deal with. Um, that's when you probably need to think about calling in an expert or, or, or just drilling a little bit deeper into some of the, the soil characteristics. That, that I mean, there will have been soil cores taken at some stage in history, uh, so it might be a bit of a bit of extra digging required for somebody. Extra digging, but still possible to still find possible out. Still possible to do. Yes. What yes. the capacity there, is. There is an enormous amount of information out there. It's not all digital, unfortunately, at the moment, but you know, over time, hopefully, we'll get there. And there are new products, satellite products, coming on the market all the time, which can also help with that sort of thing. How can cultivation impact uh, plant-available water or plant-available water capacity? Yeah, so cultivation ha- has a, a place in the farming system. There's, there's no doubt about that. The thing to remember is that you know, um, water is absorbed into soil through root channels and, and air spaces in soil. So when you disturb the soil by cultivation, you're actually closing off a lot of those avenues. Um, so it's it's important to think of cultivation as a tool, but you probably need to think, well, if I disturb the soil, that may affect the infiltration of any subsequent rain I get. 
Could this data uh, be applied to areas that maybe are opening up or fairly new in terms of soil mapping or analysis? Uh, the answer is yes, but I, I go back to the fact that you need to be aware of where you're sitting in the landscape and you need to be aware of your soil type. You know, are you on a heavier clay or a lighter clay? Think about getting some chemistry done just to inform yourself about subsoil constraints. But yes, this data can be extrapolated or interpolated to newer areas, but you just need a bit of background information to make it all work. How does ground cover or stubble cover affect PAW? It's a very good question with not an easy answer. Undoubtedly stubble cover or or, um, plant material on top of the soil is good for a number of reasons. It's good for soil health. But in terms of POW, what it does is is it can limit evaporation because you're getting cooler soil temperatures and and not direct sunlight. So it, it lengthens the window in which you can get infiltration of moisture into your soil now that what that may do is is it may limit evaporation for a couple of weeks Um, remembering that about 30 percent of the rainfall that we get disappears in evaporation so we we do not get an infiltration benefit from it so if you can extend that infiltration benefit it may just get you two weeks closer to the next rainfall which will add to the benefit so yes stubble is still key and finally, your take-home messages. Plant available water is is what drives agriculture in the northern region. We, we, we grow our crops essentially on stored moisture. So knowing what you can store, knowing how much you have stored, will always drive your farming system. So knowing about it is very, very important. Brett Cox, a research agronomist with CSIRO Toowoomba. And you can access plant available water capacity information from the GRDC's PAWC booklet, CSIRO's Soil and Landscape Grid of Australia, and from Yield Profit. You'll find links for these and many more sites and apps in the podcast show notes. And there's an update paper on this subject, which was written by Brett. Search update papers on GRDC's website for the 2020 Gundawindi update. I'm Tony Crowley. Thanks for listening.